Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning and welcome to worship with Downtown Church. It is so good to be together this morning. Hear these words from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life revealed to us in Jesus Christ, we have seen it and we testify to it and we declare to you the eternal life that was in the Father that was revealed to us. So as we bask in the joy of resurrection, let us worship God. Amen. There's a hill on in gray in a land far away in a country beyond the blue sea where beneath that fair sky when a man for to die for the world and for you and for me and it bowed down my heart and the teardrops will start when in memory of the gray hill i see for twas there on its side jesus suffered and died to redeem a poor sinner like me Behold faint on the road Neath the world's heavy load Comes a thorn-crowned man on the way With a cross he is bowed But still on through the crowd He's ascending that hill on the grave Hark I hear the dull blow Of the hammer swung low They are nailing my Lord to the tree and the cross they embrace while the multitude grace on the blessed lamb of the dark Calvary. And it's bowed down my heart and the teardrops will start when in memory of the gray hill I see. For twas there on its side Jesus suffered and died to redeem a poor sinner like me. to save us from endless despair. 
Jesus, you broke free from the tomb, free from our expectations of life and of death, and you point us to the mystery beyond, to the gift of resurrection. We give you thanks this day for our ability to be together in person and online. Your Holy Spirit comes to us wherever we are and strengthens us and makes us one. So we name your presence here. We know you are with us. And we pray that you would heal us, heal in us any wound that is open. We pray that you would reconcile us in any relationship that is broken. We pray that you would make us aware of the needs of those around us, sitting beside us and a mile away. We ask that you forgive us, O oh God, when we are too selfish or too broken to look outside of ourselves. Hear us now as we pray silently.
God's grace is from everlasting to everlasting. Wherever you need to hear the words of grace this day, hear this. Through Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, which means we get to live in peace. Thanks be to God. We have the joy this morning of celebrating two baptisms, and so I invite the families of those being baptized to come forward at this time. Don't worry, I'll bring the babies out here too. You'll get to see them. <laughs> and if y'all will just face that way. Yeah. This morning, Brad and Sarah Shell and Emma and Taylor Bell present their children, Brooks Grover Shell and Maddie Rains Bell, for the sacrament of baptism. Today, we proclaim boldly that Maddie and Brooks are recipients of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God brings them into the family of faith and makes them members of Christ and citizens in the kingdom of heaven. In baptizing Brooks and Maddie together at the same time, we are reminded that the community Christ calls us to create we're encouraged because in no stage of life are we ever truly separated from Christ or from the bonds that we have with one another. Maddie and Brooks, may you always remember that you are not alone, that your parents, your church family, and Christ is always with you. Hear these words of our Lord Jesus Christ just as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and remember, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. By water and the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and we are joined in Christ's ministry of love peace, and justice. So let us remember with joy our own baptism as we celebrate this sacrament today. Having heard these words of scripture, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live that Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach that faith to your child? Do you? And now to you all members of the Church of Jesus Christ, do you promise to guide, support, and nurture Maddie and Brooks through your words and actions, through love and prayer? Will you encourage them to know and follow Jesus Christ and empower them to be faithful members of the church? Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. And to follow your son, Jesus Christ, is to die alongside him. But it also means that we are resurrected with him. So when the world seems hard to Brooks and Maddie, when the church and their parents and their friends all mess up, we give thanks that you do not. 
We give thanks that your presence, O God, will never leave them, nor will it leave us. So we thank you for these waters of baptism. Let it seal your children and welcome them into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. Do you guys want to come feel the water before we baptize your brother? Yeah? It's just ordinary water, but when we pray over it, God makes it holy. It's cold. <laughs> Good job. Sarah and Brad, what is the Christian name of this child? Brooks Grover Shell. I baptize you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, uphold Brooks by your Holy Spirit. Give them a spirit of creativity as he faces the issues of this world, the spirit of love toward all neighbors and strangers, the spirit of goodness in all that he will do, and a spirit of joy, knowing that he is your precious image bearer to the world. Amen. It's been a tradition in our family to read at baptisms the 128th Psalm. This was started by my father-in-law, and I think you'll understand the significance. Listen to the word of God. Blessings on all who reverence and trust the Lord, on all who obey him. Their reward shall be prosperity and happiness. Your wife shall be contented in your home, and look at all those children. There they sit around the dinner table as vigorous and healthy as young olive branches. That is God's reward to those who reverence and trust him. May the Lord continually bless you with heaven's blessings as well as with human joys. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren and may God bless Israel. Let us pray. Dear gracious God, we give you thanks for Brooks Grover Shell. We thank you for claiming Brooks as one of your children in Jesus Christ through this sacrament of baptism. We ask that you live within him, fill him with your spirit, and inspire his, ensure his spiritual growth so that his life will be an example of your grace. We also ask that you bless his parents, Brad and Sarah, and his siblings, Florence, James, and Everett. They are presenting Brooks for baptism into your church before he is aware of the significance. Encourage them and his extended family and strengthen them in their faith. As a congregation, we promise to do what we can to help Brooks on his faith journey so that he will come to learn, understand, and live his discipleship. Help us to do the same in our lives. We pray for all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Taylor and Emma, what is the Christian name of your child? Maddie Rains Bell, I baptize you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, uphold Maddie by your Holy Spirit. Give her the spirit of creativity and of joy, the spirit of love toward neighbors and strangers alike, the spirit of goodness in all that she does. 
in the spirit of joy, knowing that she is your image bearer to the world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. God, we gather together on this day, remembering that last Sunday was your resurrection Sunday, the most holy of days. This Sunday, we come to dedicate Batty Brains Bell to your glory and service. May each of us be willing to assert Batty as she goes closer to Jesus. Give Maddie an inquiring and discerning heart, the will and to persevere and the spirit to know and love you and the gift of joy in all your works. Amen. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Maddie and Brooks have been received into the one holy Christian church through baptism. God has made them members of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. So let us welcome these two, Maddie and Brooks, as children of God and as our newest siblings in Christ, thanks be to God. Amen. Our Easter reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 31 through 35. Listen now for God's word for you. Hear these words of scripture. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon all of them. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands and houses sold them, and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Title today's sermon today is One Heart, One Soul. One Heart, One Soul. A friend of mine, Sally, she used to work in an elementary school as a liaison between the parents of the school and the teachers. And her desk was right beside the principal's office. 
So often she would spend time with the kids who got sent to the principal's office who are on their way to be sent home. And she had a clothes closet by her desk so that when kids got sent to the principal's office because their clothes didn't meet dress code, she might be able to offer them something so they don't have to go home. She tells this story of a fifth grade boy who was sent to her office because his jacket was too small. The teacher had noticed every day he showed up with the same jacket and it was several years too young for him had a Disney character on it. it. It barely stretched around his shoulders and it came all the way up to his elbows. And so the boy, he came to Sally's desk and he showed her the note that said he needed a new jacket. And she, she took out a whole bunch of options, different sizes of jackets for him. And the boy took off his jacket and he, he looked at the different options of jackets and he chose one that fit him, put it on. And then he took the old tiny jacket and he put it on over the new jacket. Sally said in that moment, the Holy Spirit just ripped her. She knew that somebody special had given him that jacket. So she just said it. She said, somebody special gave you that, didn't they? And he said, yeah, my dad. Well, Sally, she put two and two together. The boy's dad had died a few years earlier when he was in first grade. And she saw the tears welling up in his eyes. And she said, why don't you just sit down a minute? And after a few minutes of silence, he finally spoke up. He said, I miss my dad. And this jacket, it reminds me of him. We had gone to Disney before he died and he bought this jacket for me. And so I like wearing it. And then he told her that his mom has started to date again. And he said, it's fine. I want her to be happy. It's just, it's a lot. Sally nodded and, and she didn't say very much, she just kept listening to see if the boy would say more. The boy went on, he said, Miss Sally, I know you pray a lot. She was known for telling kids and teachers at the school, hey, I'll, I'll be praying for you. And he said, you know, Miss Sally, I used to pray too. My dad, he played in the worship band and, and I used to pray all the time, but now I can't even go into the church anymore because it makes me sad. Sally said, the Holy Spirit was just so thick right then. She said, listen, all of your feelings are valid. You miss your dad. You, you want to hold on to that tangible piece of him. All of that. Here's the thing, she said. You've got to have a jacket that fits. You've got to have a jacket that keeps you warm. And she said, but let me tell you something. Your faith, that is never going to leave you. She said, when you go to church, you can feel your dad close to you, and you shouldn't run from that feeling. Now, Sally, she could have missed that moment. She could have given him the larger jacket and sent him on his way without giving it another thought. 
Or she could have chastised him for wearing a, a jacket that was too young for him. She could have made him throw it away. But instead, she paid attention to the Holy Spirit's nudging. She paid attention to that sense in her gut that, that there was more going on with this boy, more for her to ask about, more to listen to. Sally is in tune with the Holy Spirit. She expects it to show up. She, she's learned to follow its leading, and she knows that when she does, there's a strengthening that happens inside her. In Ephesians, Paul talks about an inward strengthening of the Holy Spirit. There's an energy that moves in and through us that nudges us to stay put or to move forward. And this is what's happening to these friends after Jesus' resurrection when they gather together and pray. When they pray, the Holy Spirit is among them. It strengthens them and, and they begin to boldly proclaim the word of God. They, they begin to share the amazing things that God is up to in their lives and they lean into one another, get this, with one heart and one soul. In his book, The Covenant of Peace, Willard Swartley, he says, from the very beginning, this is the gift that Christianity gives us. It's, it's this sense of community, a movement of the Holy Spirit that connects us one to another to be of one heart and one soul. This past week, our, our staff got together for a strategic session, planning session, and it allowed us some space to, to reflect on this past year, on all that we had been through, on, on, on things that we had learned, to recognize how much we had adapted, and to be really intentional about what we carry forward. And as I reflected, one of the things that kept coming to me was that this year has been an important year. Many of us, have intentionally connected with God on a deeper level spiritually than we ever had before. Siloed to worship from our couches, we cut out all distractions of place and of other people, and we listened for the word of God to us. And it's been a powerful experience for many. And, and at the same time, it has highlighted what we have missed, this gathering as a community. We miss praying together. We miss singing together. We miss smiling at an old friend or a stranger alike who's here for the same purpose we are, to worship the holy. There's something that happens when we pray together. When we acknowledge God's presence in public with other people, there's this palpable energy that happens that is the Holy Spirit moving among us, connecting us one to another, one heart, one soul. Y'all know in the early days of the church, there, there were not organized communities. There were not buildings. There were not websites and staffs coordinating times of worship, but there were friends who gathered together to pray who talked about where God is showing up in their lives and who organically and genuinely looked out for the needs of one another. A colleague of mine in the ministry, Joseph Moore, he stresses the importance of friendship in this passage. He says, our capacity for friendship, it obeys the, the same biological law, use it or lose it. 
He said if we don't regularly connect face to face, we eventually find ourselves lacking in some of that biological capacity to do so. And he reminds us that when we share a laugh or a smile face to face with someone, there's a discernible synchrony that emerges between us, our gestures and our biochemistries, even our respective neural firings come to mirror each other. He said it's these micro moments like these that a wave of good feeling comes about, two brains at once. We build our capacity to empathize. He said the Holy Spirit's all up in that. We live in a time where friendship is in short supply. Even before the pandemic, sociologists were telling us that that we are a lonelier people than ever before. And he says in order to stay connected to one another, in order to grow new connections, we've got, we've got to have a few things. He said you've got to have proximity to friends. He said you've got to have repeated unplanned interactions and a setting that encourages people to let their guards down and confide in one another. And it sounds a lot like what church could be, right? Proximity. Repetitive interactions, close settings, all the things that make church ideal for COVID transmission also make it ideal for building friendships. And not just any friendships, but deep friendships grounded in a belief in God. When we get together and we ask, where is God? We create this holy space where we find God working in and through us. Recently, I felt the Holy Spirit's nudging undeniably. It was my first time back in the hospital in a long time. Many of us have had to shift up parts of our jobs in the last year, and this was one of the things. I was doing more pastoral care over the phone. And so I'm not gonna lie to you, when I pulled into that hospital parking lot, I was a little bit nervous. My heart was pitter-pattering. And I, as I entered that hospital room with my mask and enough hand sanitizer to bathe in, I just, I started asking questions and listening to what was happening in this family's life. And when I listened, I was overcome with a sense of God's presence with us. And I, I asked the family if I could pray with them. And then as I prayed, the tears, they just started to fall, theirs and mine. First, out of gratitude for all that God was up to, in their lives for attending to this patient. We were thankful for the medical experts and the timing that lined up just perfect to keep this patient alive. And then, y'all, the the tears, they kept falling from me because I realized this is what God calls us to do. To step into that sacred space with friends, to pray with one another, to acknowledge God's presence and guidance in our lives. And then when when I pulled away from that hospital parking lot, I just felt raw on the inside. Like all the cobwebs had been cleared away and this, this path for me was set to be connected, one heart, one soul. The connection I felt to this family, which I had just met for the first time, y'all, it was deep. If they had asked me for a kidney transplant in that moment, I would have given it to them. Or if they had asked me to pay for a medical bill, I don't care the amount, I would have paid it right then. I would have stayed for one prayer or three. Because the connection I felt with them, it was undeniable. 
The Holy Spirit ripping all of us open enough to be real, to be honest and vulnerable with one another, stitching our hearts together, one heart, one soul. We're in the season of Easter, a season of resurrection, the movement of Christ up out of the grave, and it, it opens up this new space for us to create community. But here's the thing, we've got to create community in new ways because you and I, we are not the same as we were a year ago. The movement of Christ out of the grave, it, it taught these disciples to pray to God. It taught the disciples to pay attention to this Holy Spirit, this energy coming and connecting them in, in new and different ways And thanks to the Greeks who recorded it down after the resurrection, we know what to do. We know the next step to take. Get together, a group of friends, and pray. Name God in your midst. Start sharing stories of where you see God showing up. And even if you don't know, maybe sometimes that's better. Just ask, where is God right now? Watch. Feel the Holy Spirit as it comes to you, as it knits you one to another, not out of duty or obligation of being the church, but out of a spirit-led love. Y'all, may it be so. Amen. I can tell, I can tell there's a window open somewhere 
Let us pray. God, thank you for the trains. Thank you for the trash cans and laborers who dispose of our trash. Thank you for gardeners, for laborers in the fields who grow what we eat. Thank you for these little things, the things we depend on the things we overlook when we might pause and say grace. We pray, O oh God, that you would help us to be aware of your spirit. Help us follow its nudges as it shows up and connects us with those around us. Lord, make us of one heart, one soul. And hear us as we pray together the, son, the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Each week we recite a creed together, the Apostles' Creed, which is an ancient creed. And I invite you, if you want, to look it up on your phone, if you want to read along or say it along with me. We say this creed out loud, not as some litmus test to see if you belong with all of our doctrine, but rather as a reminder that we believe in community. There will be times when parts of this creed don't make sense or when you don't want to say it, and that's okay. That's why we say it together in community. So for those of you who are ready, who want to say it aloud, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Hallelujah. As we go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Friends, go in God's peace. Amen. <laughs>